SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three, this is Portrait. I am RFC. Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to our boy Andre. Kicking it in the chat. Where are you at, Andre? Where you live? Uh, we got Robo. I don't know where Robo lives either. Loopy. What's up, Loopy? <laughs> loopy. See, at least he admits he's Loopy. I like that. You got you to gotta own it. What's up, Loopy? Seen Loopy around, actually, a lot recently. What's going on, Loopy? I don't know. Like I said, we've got a lot of new listeners coming in and out. They chat all the time and stuff, but it's a good thing. Uh, yeah, where where you live, Robo? We like to do the roll call every now and then. So I don't know where Andre's at. Vegas born? I'm assuming he's in Vegas. <laughs> right. Or you're a psycho Vegas like fan that doesn't you know. Not not that isn't uh uh not there. Oh, Western Michigan. What's up, Robo? Western Michigan, Mac country. I'm a central Michigan fan. Michigan Wolverines, of course. So we got the UFC this week. I remember last week, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. There was that card, but now it's one of the big ones. I see Dana White says that the uh, they're crushing it. He goes, UFC 280 is crushing it with the pay-per-view sales. It's like, dude, just don't say that. Like, you know I mean? It's really funny. Like, it's the only one that's like, man, we make so much money, man. It's crazy, man. And like the fighters... It's just, it's crazy how, like, they boast. Like, they, they just, like, they just boast about it. Oh, yeah, man, we're making so much money. The pay-per-view sales are through the roof. Oh, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. Um, They're making so much money. The guys on the prelims are still making 10 grand a pop, Gabe. <laughs> I think, the, what's the minimum, 16 now? I think it's 16. No, it's I, think th- that's... I think it's still 12, Gabe. These guys, they just get 12 to show. Are you sure? Yeah. I think, though, but you know, you watch them all, though. So, like, the, the fight contender, everything's a little different. I think yeah. it is the modern. I think it's 16 now. I think the 16 is as low as it goes. Like, maybe for, like, the, the, the contender series. Like, I think that the UFC, it's 16K minimum now. And it's 16 and 16, I think, if you win type thing. You know what I mean? But, like, I, you know what I mean? You're saying 12, but no, I think it's a little more. But nevertheless, anyways. But did you see... They said earlier in the week. I don't. I didn't. I didn't get to this. Did you see? They they sent out a memo. The UFC to the fighters. Yeah. They yeah. Stop betting bet on, on fighters. Your, they said you can't bet on your fights anymore. Well, they're bragging that's, about it. I, I think if they were winning, they should have shut up. That's another thing. <laughs> Everyone talks too much, right? Like, yeah. Don't, like, don't go on Twitter and talk about betting on your fight, man. It sends bad like things to people. Like it's like bad signal. But the thing is, Matthias, there's a dirty secret about this. All right. So. And it's funny, too, because the UFC, and this is another thing, this is screwing over fighters because they make money from this. And they don't throw fights. You, you know what I mean? I don't know of one. I don't even know of a suspicious UFC. I'm telling you right now. They're the only time ever with the UFC that there was ever a thrown fight and it was going to be a thrown fight was that Korean dude in Korea. And they, the UFC knew, and they told them. Remember the guy got arrested and stuff? They told him. They said, listen, don't do what uh, we know you're about to do. And uh, he got screwed over, man. The Korean, like, the cartel got into him. And he didn't do it, but since he took the money, he took the money and then he didn't throw the fight, but they put him in jail anyways. 
the late night anger management class. This is Portrage. I am Gable Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. All right, uh, shout out to all of our AM uh, radio affiliates. We're just talking about the UFC. Where are they at? Abu Dhabi? Um, the, the Fight Island or whatever the hell they call it. So they're in the Middle East, the UFC. And I got to tell you something. We were talking earlier about uh, Boy Toy, LaTroy, whatever the hell the dude was singing in the, the, the Warrior game. Don't know who he is, whatever. Uh, we're sort of out of touch, I guess. And it's not a good thing. I don't want to boast. I don't want to be one of those guys. Oh, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of them. Because it means you're coolest. I mean, if a kid's popular, he's popular. But this is where my mind is at, actually. And this is for old school Dodger fans. <laughs> when, when I saw O'Malley was trending on Twitter today. Uh, I saw that O'Malley was trending on Twitter today. And I'm thinking... I swear to God, I was actually thinking about people. I was thinking about Walter O'Malley. <laughs> so I saw O'Malley trending on Twitter. I was like, what are people saying? Oh, it's too bad the O'Malley's don't owe the Dodgers anymore. <laughs> like, I thought it was about O'Malley and the Dodgers. And then I realized I click it and I'm like, oh God, what the hell am I thinking? Walter O'Malley's been dead for years. What are you thinking, Rancy? Right? I'm just saying Dodger, Dodgers, Dodgers. And uh, yeah, it was that Sugar Shane dude who I find to be incredibly annoying, personally. He's incredibly annoying, but you know what? There's some great value for him this weekend. He's going to get murdered. I don't know if he's going to get murdered, Gabe. He's long. He's long. He's going to use his kicks. I think he's going to control the fight. He's powerful. Nah, uh, you just Peter love the hype guys. You like these. Uh, you like the fight. No, he, guys. he's not that How's hype, he Gabe. He, he's not that hype. The guy's a ninja. That guy can fight. If there's anybody he hasn't that fought anybody. He has, Gabe. He fought Munoz, and he, he was about to break that foot. He knocked out Wineland pretty good. He's not in fights very long. At the end of the day, he knocks his guys out. Paiva was a good fighter who he knocked out. You know, Raleigh and Paiva has a bunch of wins under his belt. Not many people know who he is, but the MMA crowd does. You know, he, that, that kid could fight, and no matter okay, knocked him out. Let's see him beat him. Let's see him beat him. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The odds makers it'll, don't agree. It'll be a fun fight. The odds. Listen, I get it from a betting perspective. I said Dana White said that, um, and I, you know, is, is it a fair comparison? Yes and no, because I wouldn't put Peter Yawn on Jose Aldo's level. But Dana White said this is O'Malley's Jose Aldo fight, like it was for Conor McGregor. Steve Merrill joins us next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159, Shadow Dalmar AM Radio Affiliates. Let's bring in Steve Merrill right now. WagerTalk.com. Pro Sports Info. Uh, dot com. There's been a lot of talk about the Super Contest and the Circa Contest. Carmine Bianco uh, cashed a check. Adam Trigger uh, cashed a check. The Shady Five cashed a check. And now Wager Talk, Team Wager Talk, cashes another check. How you doing tonight, Steve? Yeah, doing well. I get the email this afternoon, Gabe, and they don't say which entry. And what's interesting, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, actually. It was a different person that emailed me today from the Westgate. It was a guy a few weeks ago. It was a lady who emailed me when the Shady Five finished top three. And um, I, I assumed it was the wagertalk.com because this was the first six weeks. But then I was thinking, well, maybe it's the Shady Five. But I haven't even looked at the st- – I still actually have not looked at the standings. But, yeah, the entries are going pretty well. 
No, it can't be us. We've stumbled over the last couple of weeks. It can't be the Shady Five. And Steve, I'm going to be honest. I was looking forward to getting one of these emails this morning as well. But three and two wasn't enough. 13 and two probably would have been enough in the last three weeks. But I had to be honest with you. You know, I don't even know about half these contests half the time. You know, I, I mean, I'm know. sort of, yeah, I was like, all right, there's mini contests. And now it gets confusing. No, there's the first six weeks and the first nine weeks and the first this and that. All we can really do is just try to not lose games, I guess, right? But congratulations, Steve. Well, no, thank you. And I mean, we were going into the week six, 21 and four. And I was telling people, like, we were, and we were eight and two in the fourth and fifth week. So I was even going, no, five and no, 13 and two probably wasn't going to get the three week. I'm thinking we're 21 and four. And we're not going to win either of the three week prizes. And then, boom, like a few hours ago today, I find out we won a first six week, which I had no clue existed. <laughs> but it's it's cool. I mean, it's fair though because you know when you're 24 and six overall, you probably should get something after six weeks. So it's cool. I mean, yeah, you know, those going to be people that are always in between that in the little mini contest. But there's the big picture. There's the big picture coming. And I tell you what, um, if you know, for people that are just betting on underdogs so far this year, Steve, listen, you know, you're you know you're a numbers guy, so you can talk about well, it's still a small sample size. We're not at the halfway point yet, but we are going into week seven uh, right now. And it is pretty incredible that we're this far into the season and underdogs are cashing at a 58.4% clip, Steve. That's a pretty one-sided number, isn't it, for this late into the season? You might have. Do you have the unders, though? Isn't unders over 60%, someone told me today? For unders, unders is right there, 59.6. Yeah. So, in other words... Underdogs and the under, you're basically winning 60% of your bets on both sides of the ledger there. Which kind of makes sense, right? Because if you have some low-scoring games, which we've had some really ugly low-scoring games, and obviously that's going to help the dogs, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, it's somewhat correlated. Uh, The question, though, Gabe, of course, as you and I know, is going forward, what do we do with this information? And I don't think we just blindly start playing the overs, but um, I was having a conversation on the show earlier tonight, and Steve Fezzik, you know, is a pretty sharp better out there. He's won the Westgate contest a couple times on his own back in the day. He thinks uh, the overs are going to start hitting. He is looking for a reason to play overs, he was saying. Yeah, at what point do the books start? Like, how low can they go, right, Steve, with the numbers? You know, like, you know, the Giants and the Jags are 41 and a half. I mean, would you ever really imagine that in 2022 you'd see 38 and a half, 39 and a half? It's almost, it really is like, um, it almost feels like the mid eighties or something, Steve. Like that's what the totals used to be, right? 44 right. and a half, 45. Like, well, you know, remember in the old days, a high, it was like, oh, it's going to be a high scoring game. The total's 49. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, like, and then we sort of got used to the 56 and a half era and it was standard. Oh, it's 54, it's 53 and a half, it's 55. Now, bro, we're down to like 41 and a half all the time again. Look, look, just like three, four years ago, we'd only had a handful of games ever that were in the mid to high 50s, ever, you know? And then it became like last season, it was like the average line was in the 50s. So it's kind of like the financial markets, right? Everything starts churning along. And in 2007, 2008, everyone thinks housing prices can't go down. Everything's high. Then boom, it rolls over. You know, adjustments are made. And I kind of feel like we're in that cycle right now, the betting markets, where the defensive coordinators are starting to figure things out, you know? And I think they're making adjustments. And the other thing I will say, Gabe, we have some high totals this week, but we also have a lot of low totals. So we have five games, 41 and a half or less, but we also have like four or five games in the high 40s now, you know? So there's a definite a have and a have not between teams that are good and bad offensively. And for people that are tuning into the show, you remember I really spent a lot of time. Um, and it might come as a surprise to you. I even got into an argument with a couple of people about it, Stephen, which I told people, I said, home field advantage doesn't really mean anything anymore. I said, it's just clearly not the same as it used to be. And, you know, case in point here, this is why all these underdogs are hitting. Home teams, 
home teams actually have a losing record at home outright, Steve, which is amazing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the 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 away dogs, road dogs this year are are covering at a 59.4% clip, 31-21-1 against the spread. It really is unbelievable, but it really has caught up. You know, I've seen odds makers say they used to add three points, Steve, for home field. Now they add a point and a half. Correct. Yeah, and we've talked about this, you know, the last couple of years, and Teddy Coverage and I have talked about it also. If you go back five or six years, it's been going from three to two to one and a half, and then COVID hit, it was basically zero, you know, and now it's pretty much like one. Um, so this is something that's been happening for about half a decade. And another thing I'll point out in that regard is that home favorites have not been good teaser plays, and a lot of it's because what you just said, dogs are covering, but road favorites have been better teaser plays, you know, so taking a team down from eight to minus two has been better on the road than at home in recent years. And that's something that's kind of backwards also compared to like a decade ago. And we're seeing the underdogs just aren't covering point spread guys. They're winning the games outright, right? They're winning the games outright as, as we saw with the Pittsburgh Steelers this past week, the New York jets uh, this past week, which leads us into Thursday night uh, football. Now we were on the Bengals last week and I got to tell you, that was a, you know, listen, we had bad luck in that Bronco game against the Colts. We deserve better. And I guess this time, you know what I mean? We sort of, we caught a break with Jamar Chase scoring the late uh, the late touchdown. So now New Orleans rolls into the desert to take on Arizona. Arizona just, you know, they're an underachieving football team. They don't seem to be prepared. Yet they do get DeAndre Hopkins back. They trade for Anderson from the Carolina Panthers. And I don't know what it is, Steve, because I know they're, I know all the flaws that they have, but they're one of these teams that even when I lose money on them after, I'm like, yeah, you know what, though? They're probably going to win next week. <laughs> I'm kind of looking at Arizona in this spot. You know, I don't like the Saints here. What are your thoughts on the Thursday nighter? I'm not sold on the cards yet, but, you know, I'm starting to kick the tires on this game. What are your thoughts on the Thursday nighter? So I did not use them in my other entry, but we did have one of the people in the wagertalk.com entry with the Saints last week, and that game actually cost us first place, Gabe. We would have finished first overall in the sixth week. So that was a brutal loss, obviously, with the Saints leaving it for a good amount of time. I was glad, actually, that we at least had a hedge on the Shady Five, you know, with you having the Bengals. <laughs> so I, I, meant to, I meant to message you earlier and let you know that. Um, and by the way, I had the Broncos on the wager talk entry. That was my top play. And, you know, I let Paul Bovey take it. And boy, did that bite us because had I taken it, he would have taken the Falcons. And we would have had another win on the Shady Five as well. Um, Ralph Michaels had this yeah, put out earlier. Yeah, I can't believe we left the Bills on the table, too, because remember, my two picks were the Bills and the Bills. Well, that's the thing. Like, I kind of like the Bills minus the two bills. and a half, too. That's why I didn't mind if you wanted to drop the Bengals. But you ended up actually getting a really good line with the Bengals. It closed minus three, and you had a minus two in the contest. So, you know, I'm not going to argue with that ever as far as – um you know, value goes, but I was right. Didn't I tell you that's going to be the most consensus play in the contest? And it turned out it was. Um, and obviously, you know, from a game theory perspective, you like to sometimes avoid those and hope they lose because then you pick up some ground on people. But yeah, the Saints ended up biting us. Um, could have obviously won that game, could have gone either way, but now they're on the short week, three days of rest and travel, and they lose one basically with the travel, and they have basically quarterback injuries left and right, uncertainty. It's not a good spot for them. But then again, are the Cardinals going to fix their offensive problems in just three days because they've looked pretty bad as well? I know, but they just need to win the game, right? So it's one of those deals like, all right, can you bastard just win this football game? But I think DeAndre Hopkins coming back has a massive impact on their offense. But Cliff Kingsbury is just not a very good coach. And I've defended Kyler Murray a lot, Steve, in the past. Yet, you know, like, you know, some quarterbacks, some athletes, they'll come into the league and other sports. You know, but the NFL is a good example of that. Jameis Winston is a good example of that. Jameis Winston never really ever got better. He was good in his rookie year, and that was it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was almost like he got worse. Sort of like Kyler Murray. 
he's not improving. Like he doesn't change his his flaws. And one of the flaws that he has is he's a horrible leader, right? Like Kingsbury's a bad coach and Murray's a horrible leader. He sits on the bench by himself. Last week, one of the offensive linemen had to go over and basically tell him, yo, get up and, you know what I mean, stop pouting all the time. Like, he just goes and he sits and he pouts on, on, on the bench, and that's not being a leader, and it has a trickle-down effect. But we'll see what Hopkins brings to, to the table. The late-night anger management class, this is Fortress. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here's another check yet. You know, I, the last few weeks have been tough in the NFL, right? But, you know, we've done all right, nevertheless. Um, you know, this week is another challenging week. Uh, in in the league, we talked about that Thursday nighter. I'm leading with Arizona right now, but obviously Arizona have had their their issues. The Detroit Lions haven't played football in a couple of weeks, Steve. We haven't seen them since they got shut out in Foxborough. And you know the Dallas Cowboys are a trendy team, and a lot of people probably will think, well, the Cowboys are coming off a loss; they're going to be in a bad mood and all that type of stuff. Yet they got Dak Prescott coming back. That's going to you know, the, the, they're going to have to retool and reset the offense with a different quarterback. It's going to change the dynamic. It's going to change the play calling. It just changes everything. And you have a Detroit Lion team that was humiliated and embarrassed in their last game getting shut out, uh, Steve. Lions are looking pretty attractive early in the week right now, actually. But I want to know the Lions' full health situation. Well, the buy should help that, you know. That's another reason teams off a of buy in this spot usually are, you know, worth a look. And, um... Yeah, I'm with you. This is one game that jumped out to me early in the week. It's on that key number of seven as well. And um, I, I think it'll probably stay there for the contest on Wednesday afternoon when the lines come out. And um, yeah, I think the quarterback change is not a positive. They were playing extremely well with Cooper Rush. He finally had a bad game, three interceptions Sunday night. Um, I think there's a lot of things lining up for Detroit here. And I guess, you know, the fact they got blown out by New England before the bye, we get some value because of that now. Tennessee Titans and the Colts are interesting, Steve. It was three. It's down to two and a half right now. I actually do like the Titans in this game. I think the Titans are a better football team than the Colts are. Yeah, it's funny. The last few weeks, Colts, Titans, I haven't really messed with any of their games on either side. It feels like these are all around a field goal recently. I'm looking, In fact, I'm looking at the Colts. Their last five <laughs> games have all been priced four or less. <laughs> so I'm exactly right. And <laughs> the last three for the Titans have been four or less. That's so funny. <laughs> no, it's a good point, Steve. If you take a Titan or a Colt game, basically just watch the last two minutes, right? It's what do they say about an NBA game. It's like, yeah, just tune in the last few minutes. The game will still be undecided. The New York Giants and the Jags an interesting game because it's one of those deals, Steve, this has Jags written all over it, right? This is like, man, this is a Jag spot, Jag spot, Jag spot. But all the Giants do are keep going. Like, the Giants are always in a, quote, bad spot, Steve, and they found a way every week, right? Oh, they're coming back from London. Oh, they're injured. Oh, they don't have any wide receivers. All they do is win and cover, five and one straight up in ATS. Correct. I don't disagree with that, but this this does look like a good spot to maybe fade them, though. And I think at some point, you know, it crumbles. They're off back-to-back straight-up dog wins against Green Bay and Baltimore, and now they play at Jacksonville. And, I mean, it's obviously a huge step down as far as clout also. And then on top of that, it's a road non-conference game. you got to figure if there's going to be a flat spot, it's this week. All right, so you're one of your colleagues, Ralph uh, Michaels. I saw him uh, post. Um, a 11 tweet. times. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, you, you read my mind, actually. Yeah. I was going to no, say. It was incredible. I thought that was a pretty incredible stat. Yeah. Because I was going to say, he, he, he tweets a lot of numbers. So it's like, oh, boy, I'm not. No, I looked it up tonight, is. Gabe, and I was doing that other show because I couldn't oh, remember thank it either. You. It's yeah, no, it's off the top of my head. I knew. So the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, guys, they're the 11th team in NFL history only to start the season 6 and 0 against the spread. Since team. 1989. Yeah, the last 33 yeah, years. The modern pretty much yeah. ever. You know, maybe there's someone in the back of the 70s when nobody was paying attention. But yeah, since 1989. They're just the 11th team the last 33 years to start 6-0 ATS, and they're getting almost a full touchdown again this week. So doesn't look like the adjustments have been made yet. I guess it was in the modern divisional era. That's it, exactly. Because there were spreads in the 70s, but exactly. So 11, man, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Considering how many games, how many seasons, how many teams. Yeah. It's only six, right? It's not like, oh, like, it would, you know what I mean? It would be like, okay, they're the 11th team that are 11-0 to start the season. It really goes to show how hard it is to cover on a weekly basis consistently in this league. Almost a th- I'm doing the math really quick here. Almost a thousand teams over that span that could have done it, and only eleven wow. did. And That's pretty amazing. Many good teams, Steve, too, right? Yeah. Like powerhouse teams loaded with talent. Um, well, was, so- wasn't the Cowboys? Did you glance at that that database? Yeah, it was them. <laughs> yes, like, on that? yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It, it was. It was actually the Dallas Cowboys. That's the whole thing. We talk about the Cowboys. They are say what you will about McCarthy, but the fact is he's covered numbers. They were the best team against the spread last year as well, but. Now it's a little bit different when you're laying this type of point. So speaking of the Falcons, it's very similar, Steve, to 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 the the Giant and Jag situation here, in which sort of every week you look at it, it's like, yeah, but uh, I don't know if it's going to happen this week, right? Like, are they, you know? And then they do it again. So what about them getting six and a half? There's six and oh ATS getting six, six and a half. It was six, one up to six and a half against the yeah. Nazi, Steve. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, I mean, had I used the Broncos, my top pick, Paul Bovey would have used the Falcons, so we would have picked up an extra point, unfortunately. Um, so I know he's been big on them, and I don't know. They're not a good team. I mean, they're defensively, they're not good at all. <laughs> um, I will say this, though, Gabe. You know what they do well is, like, Mariota especially. He's a good game manager. He runs the ball. I think they only threw 14 times last week. He completed, like, 13. If they get behind, um, that's the type of team I'd be very careful with. The live betting, like, with the against the Jets or Falcons, when they get down double digits, might be a pretty good strategy going forward. Kansas City... Kansas City and Buffalo was such a big-time game last week. Buffalo wins the game late. Are Kansas City really going to lose two heavyweight showdowns two weeks in a, in a row in the same spot, too? So same time, 425, back in the back in the network television primetime spot, afternoon sort of, you know, the, uh, the main event, I should call it, of the day. They're laying three, Super Bowl rematch. San Francisco's a pretty beat-up football team. Mahomes versus Jimmy G, what's your take? Yeah, the public thinks they will not lose because this is looking like the most public play of the week. I'm seeing a huge consensus on Kansas City. On Kansas City, yeah. Um, And and what I'll do with that early in the week is say if you like KC, Gabe, you probably want to play it now, minus three. I doubt it drops. It looks like heavy public action on KC. Plus, Sam Fran is beat up, as you said. If you like the Niners, I'd probably wait. You might get a three and a half by this weekend. What do you make, Steve, of the Jets? These guys have been putting money in people's pockets. They've won three road games, Steve, which is very impressive. They're kind of in a bad spot, though, aren't they? You know, you're going yeah. to Lambeau. Now you're going to uh, to Mile High. And I know you're big on advanced numbers, Steve. Last night before the football game, Monday Night Football with the Broncos and the Chargers, Denver were minus three. FanDuel has it minus one and a half right now. Yeah, I even see. I even saw three and a halves. And if you want to take it a step further, the look-aheads this summer was seven and a half. So Ooh, that's how much wow. of an adjustment it is now. Yeah. Um, the only concern I have here is Russell Wilson. Apparently, was it a hamstring? I think he's yeah. questionable, although he's expected to play. But then again... Maybe if he doesn't play, maybe that's a spark the Broncos need to turn things around. Statistically, they're not a bad team. They just can't score. You know what, though? Like you said, like anybody coming in. Steve, they averaged 19 points a game last year with Drew Locke. They're averaging 15 a game this year. 
it's kind of crazy, but it's like, remember Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are, but he said that at the, uh, at the halfway point of the season. So I'm still bitter, Steve, going back about the Seattle Seahawks. I do hold a grudge, so don't worry. It does haunt me as well. Going back to that stupid game. It really is amazing, though, how well they play sometimes, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> like, the, like the Seahawks? Like, well, the thing, the thing about that game, though, I mean, you know, I, I didn't like the pick, obviously, but I do agree with you that when Lance went out and Garoppolo came in, that was a huge boost for Sam. Oh, it didn't I mean, it help, yeah. It might have been a totally different game. It helped so Seattle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never really do know how that would have played out. I know. What about them getting six and a half against the Chargers? It's a West Coast trip. Yeah, it's a road game. It's a West Coast trip. And, you know what I mean? We know, talk about home field not really meaning anything. In the, in the first place, not like the Chargers have. What do you make right. of this at six and a half? The, the only thing I'll say about home field is that Seattle has such a strong home field environment. Maybe it does mean something when they're on the road, but you're right. The Chargers have no advantage at home overall. Um, you get the feeling this year, Gabe, that the Seattle Seahawks might kind of be like the Lions last year. They lose a lot of close games, but they're a good points spread team. But put it this way. Would you want to lay six and a half points for this Charger team after what we've seen? Not just last night, but throughout the season. No, they're not like they're not worthy of laying a touchdown. They are they're they're point one yards per play below average offensively when you factor in their opponents, and they're giving up six point one against teams that average five point seven. The Seahawks are averaging six point five. So I mean, Seattle should get some points in this game. Pittsburgh, Steve, what about is you know, well, you think this is contrarian, like in the Steelers here getting points? They're getting a lot of guys back on defense. They're gonna be a lot healthier. I just don't see why the Dolphins should be this big of favorites. No, you know, I talked about this game earlier on the show, too, and I was looking at the advanced public numbers. This game looks even to me. I think it's going to stay on seven all week. I think it's going to kick off Sunday night on seven. I don't think the public's on either side because I'm not sure they want to back Miami, even though they wanted nothing to do with Pittsburgh last week, obviously. And it's kind of an ugly Sunday night game. Steve Merrill. But how about the Monday nighter, Steve? You want to use is ugly. <laughs> Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots, buddy. You ready for some Monday night Super football? You ready for some I football? Think, I think Super Bowl 20, the minute I see that. Refrigerator yeah, Perry no, getting a touchdown and no Walter Payton touchdown. Yeah, nice. Uh, you know what? I, I I don't know if you know, but I, I met Ditka. Yeah, you told me that story. He said he regretted it, right? Yeah, I point blank. We were drinking, too. So it was not just on the air. He invited, I had him on my show. He invited me to Orlando to play golf and stuff. like. And I figured, you know what? You don't say no to that, Steve, right? Mike Ditka, he was on a Monday night, and he said after the interview, he goes, just for the record, he goes, Gabe, I have a golf tournament on Wednesday in Orlando. Love for you to come down if you can. I figured this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I said to Cam, you want to come to Mike Ditka's golf tournament? He was like, damn right. <laughs> and, uh, we go. It was too hot. Ditka didn't want to play because it was too hot. So he goes, let's just, <laughs> let's just drink. So we just sat at this pool. We got smashed. And... I, I point blank asked him. He goes, asked me, you know, we were filming it too. And I said, man, you've been, you know, what happened with Walter Payton? And he goes, uh, he goes, I don't reg regret a lot of things in my life. He goes, I regret that. And he goes, I swear to God, I didn't effing know. He goes, it never crossed his mind. What, what, he didn't know what? He didn't know that Walter Payton didn't have a touchdown in the oh, game. Oh, in that game? Yeah, it was like 46-10. It was a route. He gave it to the fridge, refrigerator Perry. What I was trying to remember, though, Gabe, is what point of the game did Fridge get the touchdown? Was it early? Yeah, it, no, it was, like, it was like the last touchdown. It was like a garbage was it, touchdown. That's why I couldn't remember. And yeah. people were like, man, Refrigerator Perry got an up and touchdown, but Walter Payton did in the Super Bowl after everything he's done. Right? And he was already out of the game, and basically Ditka said, it never crossed my mind. Ditka said, and I believe him. Ditka no, said, I, do too. I didn't know who scored the touchdowns. No, they routed them. I remember that game. In his head, like he's, you know what I mean? He's like, I didn't know who scored for us and who didn't. That's what he said. Gabe, that's probably the best team since I've been alive to only make one Super Bowl. That Chicago there, team. Yeah. Remember that Monday nighter against the Dolphins? How cool was that game? Remember, that was a big-time game. They, they were undefeated, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Dolphins beat them. And Dick and Buddy Ryan nearly got in a fist fight. They weren't that great that year. He got into a fist fight at the half. I didn't remember that. 
Yeah, yeah, with Buddy, yeah, Buddy Ryan and Mike Dick. It was behind the scenes, and they got in a fist fight because Dick had told him, "Your effing cover two is not working. We're getting killed." <laughs> and uh, he said, "We need to adjust and change." And Buddy Ryan said, "It's been working to the two and a thirteen and oh, whatever. F you, right?" And they, they nearly like Dick nearly killed Buddy Ryan. Um, but yeah, he was an intense dude. All right, uh, Steve, we're up against it uh, here. We'll catch up with you on Friday. We'll make our final decisions. Thanks for the time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. He's a button pusher. Let's roll. Quickest 180 minutes of sports talk radio continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks. We kick it six nights a week. Every night except uh, Saturday. We're breaking it down right here at midnight Eastern, 11 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Pacific. And uh, whatever else time zone you are in. All right, let's do some betting right now. Let's do some overnight betting. Um, NBA, NBA futures, regular season win totals. This is not for the faint of heart. Um, I don't judge you if you're like, I don't have the bankroll. I don't have the patience. I don't do that. I don't want to wait. I'm not going to judge you because I lived that way for many, many years. But I will tell you, you are short-sighted and not playing these futures. Put it this way. Like, I put $2,500 on the Dodgers to win over 96 and a half games this year. It easily won. We got paid like in the first week of September or whatever. Like it easily won. It went over. The thing is, the Dodgers were massive favorites all year. It wouldn't be easy to win $2,500 betting on Dodger games. You'd have to risk a lot of money and stress out, get mad when they lose and stuff. And like, oh, they lost two in a row. And right. You bet the future and put it this way. Because I used to be like, I'm dead serious. I used to always like, I'd pick futures on the show. I'd bet a few of them sometimes if I had credit and stuff. But I was never really, you know, I don't have patience for it. I realized, man, I'm always winning. And it's like the stock market. If you're investing in a stock market and someone told you you're going to, you know, double your money and in six months, you'd be the king of Wall Street, right? And you could, you can double your money in four months, six months with these sports leagues. So, and if you're thinking, I used to think, wow, who knows if I'll even be alive? Well, if you're dead, who cares? It won't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't want to spend this money now. Six months from now, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive. I might get hit by a bus. Yeah, well, if you get hit by a bus, whatever. The sports account will be the least of your issues. Although it has crossed my mind, actually. I don't really think about wills and stuff like that. But what about all my money in my sports account if something happens? I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to see things like that. I have to think about. <laughs> like I told Cam not to be morbid, Matthias, but I told Cam, like, I said, Cam, if something happens to me, like before, like the end of the season and we win the super contest, I, you can have my share. I say live on TV. I said, oh, you know what I mean? Better him. Like, where's it going to go? I said, you can have a share of the contest. That's nice of you, Gabe. That's so nice. Thank you, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. He said the same. We said the same thing, too. It all started because Paul Bovey actually was, uh, was in Mexico joining us and there was a big earthquake. And my first response was, if something happens to him, can I get the, his share of the contest money? <laughs> I was just joking, but... <laughs> these, 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 uh... These, these are the, uh, these are the things that we, we, we think of. It's like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think... I see life insurance. I'm like, 
Like, why would I pay the whole life insurance thing, especially if you're single? It's like, why would I pay you to die? Like, I don't you know what I mean? It's not my problem. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Then it crossed my mind. I'm like, yeah, but what if, you know, what about, what about my bets? All right, so speaking of the bets. So, yeah, my whole point is the season goes by fast, and they all carry into each other as well. I'm telling you. I used to hate this stuff, but now I don't mind love doing it. I've got a lot of futures on the market, and it's so crazy. You almost forget. You're like, oh, yeah, and then you're like, you know, you're like, man, how come I have a lot more money in my account? And you're like, oh, yeah, man, I've got all those, you know, I put I put this on that, and I got all these futures and stuff. I put it this way. I put $1,700 on the Philadelphia Eagles to win a division before the year started. You think I'm feeling good about that right now? Uh, plus money. You're not getting the Eagles plus money anything anymore. They're minus 380 now. I got them at plus money. Right? Like the, the, the future market is the way to go. So let's step, let's step up and in here. We're going to do some live betting because I haven't put the action in yet. All right, Chargers. The win total is 46 and a half. The Toronto Raptors, this is an unbelievable stat about the Raptors. In fact, the last 10 years, the Raptors have gone over their win total in nine of the last 10 years. The one year it did not go over was when they played in a pandemic in Tampa and they tanked on purpose. What does that tell you? It tells you, number one, the Raptors are a very consistent uh, organization. Number two, it tells you that the sports books consistently and always get the Raptors wrong. It's not a coincidence. Like, in 10 years, the only time the Raptors didn't get there is when they played in Tampa or whatever, and they didn't care. And they benched everybody, and they tanked against Scotty Barnes. So, it really is amazing. Like, every year, they just they get the Raptors wrong. They underestimate them. They don't believe in them or whatever. Nine out of the last 10 years, the Raptors have gone over the number. I was just about to put 1,000 on it, but let's step up for real here it's it's minus 120 all right what does 2000 pay oh i don't like that at all if you bet two thousand dollars on the toronto raptors it pays three thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars and sixty six cents i gotta break that up <laughs> I, 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 no 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 we're not, we're, not, we're not doing that i gotta break that up i'm not having like six 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 point six six that's just too evil Oh my God, I just accidentally hit it. I tried to like switch the number on it. Can I cash out of this just out of principle so I don't have to look at this? No, I can't. Damn. I just accidentally, it's a good thing I don't mind betting big money, but I just hit $2,000 on it. I was going to put 1100 and I was like, that's a wuss bet. I'm putting $1,100 on it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. All right, this really bothers me, though. I don't like this. I don't like looking at this. And I can't, these futures, I can't, like, buy out of it right now. I literally, all I wanted to do was put, like, another two cents on it. I was like, just put $2,000 and one cent or something, and it'll change the dynamic of this 66666 thing. Son of a... I'm dead serious. I don't like I, the number of the beast. Or at least I like Iron Maiden. So I don't know. What am I even talking about? I love that song. Six, 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 the number of the beast. So what am I worried about? It's $3,666.66 on the Toronto Raptors. Ugh.
this is like, uh, I'm dead serious. All I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was just put like another cent on it. I'm dead serious, Matthias. I just was like, all right, just put like 20 cents or something and it'll change. But here we go. Let's go, Raptors. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice mask. You 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 have rocked that for Halloween. It's not bad, eh? I'm ready to. You'll scare the kids off with that thing. <laughs> Don't even knock on the door. <laughs> you know what though? Yeah, I got this. I've got this demonic mask on. You know what? I'm gonna wear it on the elevator just to scare someone. Like, I'm just going to come in and sort of like, and I'll sort of sneak in the elevator. Like, I won't be waiting the door open, so I'll sort of just jump in to the look-in. Or better yet, what I'll do, I'll wear the mask, Matthias, but I'll put my hood on so they don't see it, and I'll take the hood off when I'm in the elevator after. That's a good one. That's a good one. That, yeah, that, you might get punched in the face for that one. <laughs> Some random guy sees you. <laughs> just drops you. <laughs> you got to be careful these days with that, with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that video of a, of a guy who wore a Michael Myers mask who went to work out in the gym? So he started lifting and doing pull-ups with the, with his mask on and just staring at people. <laughs> he just walked behind somebody <laughs> at the gym. Start lifting, out, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like uh, there was a Michael Myers once in Manhattan. Once I was there, and walking down the street, there's a movie too. It's like you don't really know what this. You're like, yeah. He's not really Michael Myers, but he could be a psycho. You know what I mean? That's about to start happening in Times Square right now. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's like that thing that happened in Vegas the other day. That, that crazy guy just started stabbing the showgirls out, out in Fremont. Just yeah. wild stuff. About there. All right. So we just dropped two dimes on the Raptors. So we obviously like it. All right, so Toronto Raptor bet is in. Now let's keep this thing rolling. I didn't want to go this crazy, but whatever. So I got, oh, man. All right, we got to do this. It's investing for the future. I'm investing in uh, in my children's future, me. It's like when they said it's made for kids by kids. Well, <laughs> everybody's somebody's kid. Um, Raptors over 46 and a half. I like the Pelicans a lot this year. Over 44 and a half, but I'm not, I can't bet $2,000 in NBA future. I'm not Drake. Um, I got what? So I got four more. You got to bet the over on the Raptors again, Gabe. Remember last year, you smacked that bet early in the season, and then you had that guy uh, calling you out, telling you that you should back out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when there was like seven wins left. <laughs> yeah, no, or I could just wait two weeks and win all my money. <laughs> yeah, remember I was funny. I said, yeah, Shadow, I could just, yeah. Uh, I did hammer it. All right, so Pelicans. All right, we're going to go with nickel on these ones. 500. In fact, well, five hundred. I'd rather just win, win a thousand. But I'll run out. I only have two thousand one hundred twenty-two dollars left. So, actually, let's see, five seventy-five. So I like so Raptors. Raptors over forty-six and a half. Screw it. I'm just going to nickel. I'm not going to get upset about this. Five hundred dollars. So yeah, two thousand dollars on the Raptors over forty-six and a half wins. The Raptors are deep as hell. Scotty Barnes is a badass. The Raptors lineup is really, really good. Like, they're one of the deeper teams. The Raptors and the Clippers are very similar. Uh, you know, I'd say that I'd give the edge to the Clippers due to their star power, but they always get hurt. But I tell you what, like, the Raptors are good, good. 
Like, they're starting five. Like, defense, they, they play two ways. They've got tall, rangy dudes. The Raptors starting five. Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. I'll take that five against anybody. And then you got coming off the bench, I love the Otto Porter signing. Chris Boucher's a badass. Delano Banton, continu Banton continues to develop. Malachi Flynn continues to develop. Uh, you got Thaddeus Young. It's a good team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up uh, SGA midseason either. All right, so I love the Raptors over 40, uh, 46 and a half. The Pelicans are also badass. Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Herbert Jones. And, oh, yeah, that guy, what's his name? Zion, Zion Williamson. He's back. He's healthy. He's going to dominate. This team's going to be badass. I think the Pelicans are dark horses. I think they're gonna, I think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to go deep into the playoffs. I think they're going to make it to the finals because they're a little young and whatever, but they can, they're dangerous, dangerous, this team. They're good, good. Give me the Pelicans over 44 and a half wins. All right. Give me the Minnesota Timberwolves over 48 and a half. This basketball team won 46 games last year. And now they bring in Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards is only going to get better and become a real megastar. Um, love the T-Wolves. The T-Wolves will win 52, 53, whatever. They're going to be one of the top seeds. They're going to be right there. They're going to be very, very good. They have a great coach in Chris Finch. Give me over 48 and a half uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know what? This is a team that we're adding. This is for our boy John Doe. This is for our boy Lucas. This is for all of you. Um, in Sacktown, the Sacramento Kings over 33 and a half. The Late Night Anger Management Class will wrap up with more. Uh, we'll, we'll conclude our NBA futures uh, for you. And more. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got to boy Anthony Thomas. What's up, Chris Brady? Anthony kicking to Los Angeles, Vegas. Born in the house in City, Chris Brady. Spokane, Washington. Hey, what's up, Lucas? Syracuse. How about the uh, the Orange? Are they playing Clemson this week? Undefeated. Uh, we haven't talked much college football this week. So much stuff going on, but you know how we roll. We stay on top of everything. We got MLS playoffs too. We got to get our boy Zara on pick wise. Get uh, get his picks on. He's a good guy, longtime listener of the show. We like to support people um, and uh, publicize uh, good people that are out there working hard. So uh, these are our picks. I'm not going to lie to you. I only put 250 bucks on the Sacramento Kings. My level of confidence can only go so far. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to put 500 on them. How about 250? At least I can say I'm in on it, you know? So let's go, Sacramento. I'm on over Sacramento, 33 and a half. This team, is, they got a lot of talent, that team. You know, they got a real coach now, too. They always have bad coaching. They got a real coach. Sacramento's going over 33 and a half. So here's my, these are my top five picks. Sacramento over 33 and a half. Cleveland Cavaliers over 46 and a half. Toronto Raptors over 46 and a half. Minnesota Timberwolves over 48 and a half. And the New Orleans Pelicans over 44 and a half. 
The good thing about the Pels play, I like to put more on it. I really like the Pelicans. The good thing about the Pelicans is even if Zion got hurt, it wouldn't matter. He's always hurt. He wasn't there. They're good without him, right? But So if someone else gets hurt, you still have Zion. They're deep. I'm telling you, that four is legit. C.J. McCollum, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, and Brandon Ingram. Man, that's 100 points a game, man. I'm dead. That's 100 points a game. Just on those four. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.